Next on BYU Sports Nation, buy low, sell high, stock on the rise. Which BYU athlete are you buying stock in right now? BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joins us here in Vegas. Should expectations change when scheduling gets tougher? Plus, the man coached Paul George. Steve Cleveland on the recipe for BYU men's basketball to make another run at the Tuesday night title game in Vegas. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in yeah. Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Up. Let's go. Studio V, Woo. that is. <laughs> Friday, March 8th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. This is how we do it. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with former assistant to the BYU Women's Soccer Sports Information Director, Jerem Jordan. I was once upon a time the men's soccer sports information director. Uh, my wife and I met because she was the women's soccer sports information director. There you go. So there's your reference. Uh, yeah. Uh, we want to mention that it's happy uh, International Women's Day. It's International Women's Day. Shout out to the ladies. Yeah. And, and uh, we cover a ton of women's sports on this show, um, in games and whatnot. So happy uh, International Women's Day. We feel like uh, it's a privilege to cover the ladies at and BYU. And let's be frank. The women's sports at BYU legit. have absolutely crushed it. They are legit, man. Over the last few years. Really good. Really good. So uh, congratulations, and uh, this is a great day. We wish you continued success. Here is your Friday BYUSN lineup. In 15 minutes, former BYU and Fresno State head basketball coach Steve Cleveland joins us. Who's the one Cougar hoopster who needs to have the biggest impact on this BYU team so they can make a run to have a shot at Gonzaga on Tuesday. Plus, BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo, as you mentioned, Jerem, joins us in 40 minutes. Should expectations for BYU athletics and their teams change when the schedules get tougher, particularly in the big money sports? And how does BYU get in a better at-large position besides just winning? We'll talk to him about that. Here is the strength of our BYU Sports Nation headlines. Scout night for number three seed BYU men's hoops. Cougars take on the winner of tonight's San Diego-Santa Clara matchup in the West Coast Conference Tournament quarterfinals. Tomorrow at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. In fact, we think it'll be a little bit later than that. All WCC first-teamer Yoli Childs on how the Cougars are preparing for both potential opponents. We're doing the same thing we've been doing all season, and let's try to focus on ourselves. You know, it doesn't matter who we play right now. It, it's all about us and how we can get better over these last couple days. It's all about the Cougars. Number 16, BYU Gymnastics scored a 197 against number 11, Boise State, yesterday. Highest score since 2004. Boom! Awesome. Shannon Evans dominated the meet, scoring a career-high 39.575 in the all-around. She claimed that title as well as the vault and floor titles. She posted another 995. Impressive gymnastics on the way up, man. BYU baseball beats Milwaukee 11-8 in the series opener last night at Larry H. Miller Field. Our Miller better than your Miller. Wait, Jerem, as you pointed out earlier today, BYU beats Milwaukee at Miller Field. Yep. Jordan Wood pitched six innings and two-thirds, giving up no runs, striking out seven. The Cougars recorded a season-high 15 hits, including this bomb from J.D. McNew. The infield's now coming in. You want to cut away that run. Uh-oh, and that'll do the that'll do the job. And maybe then some high and deep and gone. Rather, 
DJ McNew. Era, era. Yeah. <laughs> he can DJ a few more of those, and yeah. BYU baseball will be doing just fine. Yes. BYU hosting Milwaukee for a doubleheader today. Uh, it's currently snowing pretty heavily in the Provo area. Well, that's why they have the heated field, right? They can melt six inches of snow per hour, or so I've been it told. It seems like uh, that. Why would you want it? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. First pitch of game one set for 6 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to the doubleheader on BYU Radio. Greg Rappel on his first baseball call last night, by the way. Pretty cool. And BYU softball beat Bob Morris 1-0 and Long Beach State 11-6 yesterday in Long Beach, led by a 6-4-8, four-run day from Riley Jensen. Today, the Cougars play Ohio 30 minutes after our show, and then Boston, uh, then UCLA tomorrow, by the way. That's a big one. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Get your scout on. BYU Basketball Scout Night. The Cougars have a Saturday night date with either the seven-seed San Diego. I feel very differently when you say scout night. I know you do. Ah! That's why I said it. Purposeful. San Diego beat Portland by 20 last night. The Toreros will take on the six-seed Santa Clara. The winner of that game is who BYU will play late Saturday night. The Cougars, in the meantime, preparing for what they hope is a memorable run at the 2019 West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. But who will lead the troops? Which BYU player will have the greatest impact on this Cougar tourney run? I hope it's a run. It's probably going to be more like a jog because of Gonzaga, but it's Yoli Childs. The answer is Yoli Childs. He's the West Coast Conference scoring champ, top two in rebounds. This is BYU's best player. BYU probably needs a third dude to show up, Yoli, TJ, TBD, right? In West Coast Conference play, that in terms of scoring has been Gavin Baxter, who's been sick. So, uh, yeah, Yoli Childs may not be here next year. In fact, I would guess that he's not until he is, okay? So enjoy it while it lasts. Yoli Childs, BYU's best player. Got to have a great tourney for BYU to have a shot. If it's not Yoli Childs, who has been so consistent for BYU this season, double-double machine. Really enjoyed watching him play this year. He's been fantastic. If it's not Yoli, it has to be TJ Haas. And I am banking on the fact that TJ will be extra salty because of his all-West Coast Conference first-team snub. Salty? I think... That matters to him. I really do. And he might not let it show off the court. And we talked about this yesterday where he's really low-key and kind of soft-spoken. But when he gets on the court, he is fiery. Ask the Portland sideline bench. Exactly. Ask the band. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The ginger mamba is extra salty. The ginger mamba, I love it. He should have been a first-teamer uh-huh. in the West Coast Conference. Well, we named him a first-teamer. He's playing his best basketball at BYU right now. He was a first-team player as a freshman, mm-hmm. and he's playing a lot better now than he was then. So was Nick Emery as a freshman, right? But we haven't seen that growth from Nick. Obviously, it's been a challenging, kind of different kind of year. What if Nick Emery's the guy in this tournament? I would love for Nick Emery to break out and go crazy. Because what defined the Lone Peak 3 when they were in high school? That they played anybody across the country, and they had big games. I'm hoping we see Yoli Childs and T.J. Huss play great games. To beat St. Mary's, BYU will have to have more than those two, in my opinion. It's, it, BYU can have those two do their thing and go for 45, 50-plus against San Diego or Santa Clara, uh, who play tonight, by the way. That's of interest. You want to watch that one tonight on BYU TV? Absolutely. And then Monday, uh, if BYU wins they, uh, tomorrow, they play St. Mary's. To beat St. Mary's, to me, Gavin Baxter's got to play some good defense, and you've got to have... Someone else show up. Connor Harding's first West Coast Conference tournament. Gavin Baxter's first. Nick Emery's been here before. Hopefully Nick Emery can be a guy who shows up. Okay, so looking at the box score from 
this season when BYU did beat St. Mary's in Provo 71-66. Yoli Childs, 23 points. TJ Haas, 17 points. And Gavin Baxter got into double figures with 10 points and five rebounds. That was a breakout yeah. performance for Gavin. Yeah. And Gavin eventually joins the starting lineup, and it kind of changes things. BYU goes on a run, right? It's day two of the Gonzaga Invitational here in Las Vegas. Some people call it the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. I would submit on the women's side that is the proper name. Uh, tomato, tomato, right? The Zags are the number one team in America. Wait, what? They won the league by five games. It's awesome, right? Or is it? Uh, Spencer, is it healthy for the West Coast Conference to have Gonzaga completely dominate the league like this? Oh, well, what kind of domination are we actually talking about? That, that takes number one us and wins by five games. to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gonzaga is 113 wins and nine losses in the last seven seasons of West Coast Conference play. Stats are for losers. No, stats They're are clearly for winners, for winners for when you're talking about Gonzaga. They're for West Coast Conference champions. Clearly for the winners. To answer your question, is it healthy? Sure. From a national standpoint, it's huge for the league. I don't Doing know. St. Mary's face right now, kind of. Does the American like it when UConn has the number one ranked women's basketball team and a really highly ranked UConn men's basketball team? Was, was that a good thing? When UConn was good at men's basketball. Was that a good thing? Yes. It was a fantastic thing. Every time Gonzaga is mentioned, from here on out, it will be Gonzaga out of the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga of the WCC. Mm, I don't know the WCC gets mentioned that much in the convo. Oh, I think they're it does own, in the NCAA tournament. Just like Boise State was never actually connected with the conference. They were just Boise State. Gonzaga is a mid-major because of the conference they play in. Yeah, but they're Gonzaga. By they're, definition, they are a mid-major. It's good for the West Coast Conference to have this type of national brand. They're a high major if let, you want to get technical. Let me take it. Let me take it this direction. If Gonzaga weren't in the West Coast Conference, where would the conference be? They'd be like other every other fledgling one-bit Exactly. League. So is it a good thing for Gonzaga to be in the West Coast Conference and for the conference to have that luxury? Yes. Do you want to drive a Rolls-Royce or a Toyota Camry? Well, yeah, we'll take the Rolls. Throw it in there. It's an obvious choice. What do you think? There are lots of leagues that would do anything to have a team like Gonzaga in their league. It's absolutely great. What it's not great for is the rest of the league. Sure, it's annoying. Yes, they get money from the units earned in the NCAA tournament, but the league would be better off with multiple bids in terms of its strength of the league. Now, the issue has been St. Mary's scheduling. If St. Mary's can get in this year, having scheduled tougher, with a team that is not as good as last year, and that much is really obvious, but they played more tough games, but they didn't win as many, then that's the step you want to go and direction you want to go for the league. It's great to have Gonzaga in the league, no doubt. They run the league. They dictate how things go to a certain degree, right? They're a powerful entity. Yes. And they are a brand that everybody knows. They, I, I bet you on the East Coast a lot of people don't know what league play, Gonzaga plays in, but they know Gonzaga, and that has value to the league for sure. Well, let me, let me do this as well. Take the best team from every non-Power 5 conference this year. Would you rather have that team and their history or Gonzaga and its history in the West Coast Conference. It is a clear, obvious yeah, choice. Yeah, it, it's good for the league, but it's not good for, like, for, for BYU. It is terrible. It is awful because BYU goes into every season and this tournament and thinks we're probably not winning it. 
And it's that's a burden, right? And one day maybe BYU's gonna win this tournament. And and but it's not this year. Like this is a different Gonzaga team. I hope BYU gets to Tuesday and then pulls off a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. But it's in the long run, this is a burden on the fan base to have Gonzaga in the league. BYU never had this well, in the Mountain that's, West. That's the thing. Never did. And it was fun. This isn't as fun because you're like, well, everyone's playing for a second. Is it a question of what's best for the league or what's best for every team in the league equally? Well, it depends what perspective you're exactly. coming from. Yeah. It's all about the paradigm and you're viewing. So I presented both. I, yeah. I took it as from the West Coast Conference perspective. If you're yeah. Gloria Navarez and all the staffers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is it Would good you to have guns at Ohio Valley? Or something? Sunbelt? Oh no. Goodness. Like, you have the number one team in the country. It's, a, it's an obvious choice. Yeah, but from the BYU fan base, it stinks. No, it's, it's frustrating. Now, I will say this. The one thing that is... But we beat them is, sometimes. But, but you never win this tournament. Like, you got to win this tournament. The one thing that is hurting the league with Gonzaga is they are so dominant this year that it's all the rest of the West Coast Conference really isn't that good. Even though the league is ranked higher collectively than they ever have been since BYU joined or at least as tight as high, number eight right now, better than the Pac-12 and better than the Mountain West, and it's not close. But if you only get one bid, but does you're, it matter? The dominating space between number one and the rest is so wide right now that are we in danger of watching it become a one-bid league once again? I think St. Mary's is good enough to play in the NCAA tournament. We'll see if they get in. If they don't, they weren't good enough. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. That, that That is a little bit of a weird situation. Jaron, there are a lot of incredible individual performances happening for BYU Athletics right now. We've talked about some of the individual performers on the basketball side, but within men's golf, Peter Quest, ranked number one in the Arnold Palmer Cup rankings. Rose Huang of women's golf is the golfer of the month for February in West Coast Conference competition. Gymnastics, Shannon Evans is crushing it. Track and field, setting records. They're ranked. Men's tennis into the top 25. They're as highest ranking in essentially two decades. Jerem, which of these individual athletes on these excelling teams are you buying stock in right now? So my, I'm coming from the angle of, okay, their stock is kind of low. It's, it's, it's coming up, and, but it's not as buy high low, as it will be. Buy low, yeah. sell high. Yeah, exactly. So I go Peter Quest uh-huh. because Peter Quest right now is the guy that in a couple of years, maybe next year, who knows, will be making money playing golf, and he'll be on the PGA Tour at some point, it looks like. He's playing a really high level of golf right now. If you make the Arnold Palmer Cup team, the percentages are in your favor that you will make significant coin playing golf. So that's the Collegiate Ryder Cup, if yes. you will. So he's really good. He's really good. Ranked fifth in the NCAA right now. Um, he's he's really good, and his college stock is rising. It's like a lot of people don't know who he is quite yet, but in a few years they're going to be like, oh, BYU has another guy on the, on the PGA Tour. It's fantastic. I'm going to go off the radar as well, and I'm going to choose Shannon Evans of BYU Women's Gymnastics. I bought stock on her long ago, for that matter. So I feel like I bought low, and now that is on the rise. First All-American at BYU since 2004. BYU led by Shannon Evans and her all-around career high last night that included another 995, has put up their highest team scores, multiple scores this season, since 2004. Hmm, highest team ranking since... 2004 
number 16 before last night. That'll go up with the Cougars putting up that blistering 197 and a road upset win against 11th-ranked Boise State. Now, the combination of Guard Young and his star Shannon Evans has changed everything. She's gone viral on social media with her Super Mario floor routine. She's doing all the right things. The return on investment right now is outstanding. And if you want an actual sleeper stock, yes, I did the research, that Shannon Evans and BYU Gymnastics compares to, she is the WWE. World Wrestling Entertainment had their heyday in the late 90s and the early 2000s, like BYU Gymnastics, kind of disappeared for a while. But then last year had a 134% gain on the stock market exchange and are a huge entity right now. BYU makes their jump last year, as the WWE does, and now they're back and hopefully a force to be reckoned with in uh, the Mountain Room Gymnastics Conference. Shannon Evans is who, is who I've got. Other options to consider. Zach Wilson, what's the ceiling for Zach? Because right now it's kind of like burgeoning uh, talent, right? Four and three as a starter. We need to see more wins out of him, right? It was early, his true freshman year. Kyrus Tonga is an interesting one. Okay. Is this guy going to be an NFL draft pick? Is he going to be a starter in the NFL? Uh, Mary Lake is an interesting Gavin Baxter. Gavin Baxter, by the, by the end... Could be a guy that's like in the G League, maybe. Yeah, who, or something, bought, right? who bought stock on Gavin Baxter in December? Yeah, you could still buy it. It's pretty low. Um, Gwen Gustafson, the swimmer. Shaley Gonzalez, newcomer uh, of the year in the West Coast Conference. So lots of kind of uh, uh, rising stars at BYU. Which BYU athlete are you buying stock in right now and why? Time to hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Scroggy underscore doggy underscore one on Instagram answers Zach Wilson, future first rounder. That that feels like a push right now. Hey, maybe it turns into that. That'd be great. I think we're all excited about what Zach Wilson could become. He started seven games, but his last start, recency bias is a real thing. He was perfect. 18 for 18 and a dominating bowl victory. Yeah. And he took uh, two BYU cheerleaders to prom. So his stock is going way way up. (laughs) Coming up, Steve Cleveland joins us next. Does he think BYU will get to the title Tuesday game? And which Cougar needs to have the biggest game on Saturday to get that ball rolling in the right direction? This is BYU Sports Nation. Did you know that you can listen to BYU Radio on your smart speaker? Just go to the device app on your phone and enable BYU Radio in the skills menu. Then simply say, Alexa, play BYU Radio. Now playing BYU Radio. You can play your favorite shows live or ask Alexa to play the latest podcast to stay up to date on all things BYU Radio. Set up your smart speaker today. It's that simple. Now you can listen anywhere, anytime. BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Gonzaga Invitational continues on BYU TV, a.k.a. the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. Two more men's games tonight, starting at 9 Eastern, Pepperdine, and then uh, San Diego and Santa Clara. Who does Pepperdine play again? Pepperdine takes on uh, LMU. There you go. Thank you. PCH Cup. Yeah. I I love that cup. So rivals have a rivalry. Yeah, it's let's great. go. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, or I should say Studio V. <laughs> it's the Studio B South, right? Uh, I don't know. You decide what you want it to be. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day on social media, which BYU athlete are you buying stock in right now and why? Jerem's buying stock in Peter Quest for perfection of BYU men's golf. 
currently the number one ranked uh, player in the Arnold Palmer Cup rankings, which is the Ryder Cup edition of college golf. I am taking Shannon Evans of 16th-ranked BYU Women's Gymnastics, who just put up their highest team score in 15 years last night. At Crispy Nick answers on Twitter, Davide Gardini, the Italian stallion, the tower of power, only a freshman but destined for greatness. Oh, yeah, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Joining, Garcia Fernandez, too. Joining us now in Studio V is former head coach of BYU basketball and Fresno State, Steve Cleveland. Coach, great to have you with us. Which BYU player are you, are you trying to buy low and sell high with in this whole stock exchange discussion? I'm going to agree with my over here. Okay. Peter Quest. Peter Quest. You've got a connection to Peter Quest. <laughs> we do. We do. I, the high school that I started at, Clovis West High School, many moons ago, uh, is the same school that he went to. I actually coached the golf team a little bit. Could not play a lick, but it, it was an extra <laughs> couple grand <laughs> that I get for doing it. So basketball was over. I made a little extra money. But Peter is a great young man. I know his family. Won four tournaments. Now, that doesn't happen very often Incredible. at this point in time. And uh, so, yeah, we, we do have a connection. I've had a chance to walk around and watch him play. But, uh, yeah, we, we're members of the same club, and his family's there, and really excited for him. Yeah, Clovis West connection. It'll be what's the mascot there? At Clovis West, Golden Eagles. The Golden Eagles. Oh yeah, he's soaring. Absolutely. Oh, an eagle for golf. Like could it be any more perfect? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or some kind of a falcon or he double eagled the first hole of the NCAA tournament last year. Yes, he did. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, Okay, let's talk hoops. So, uh, which BYU player do you think has to have the best tournament for BYU to give themselves a shot to get to Tuesday? If Yoli Childs does not play well night in and night out, and he's 20 and 10, 28 and 14, they, they, won't, they won't go forward. There's no one else in that team that can carry this team. He is the foundation of this team, and as good as TJ has been, and he has been, you've, you've got to have something inside. You've got to have that presence rebounding the basketball. He impacts the game more ways than any other player on the team. Yeah, we watched uh, more than a handful of teams yesterday on the men's side last night in the opening round not really have much of a post presence. And you see what that does to teams when they don't have that consistency down low. Well, and, and what ends up happening is other teams, good players, get in foul trouble. And, and it, when we know what happens when Yoli gets in foul trouble and he's not on the floor. It's one of those things that we're, we're, the team is not as good as they could be. So, no, I, I believe everything starts and stops with Yoli in terms of this team – you know, getting to the finals and playing Gonzaga. Is this team good enough to beat St. Mary's in a neutral fashion for a second consecutive year and get to Tuesday night? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that what St. Mary's has done is pretty remarkable considering the four-year run they had and uh, with Landale and, and the presence they had inside. And then to kind of start all over and get a second seed, I think there's congratulations to Randy Bennett. It might be his best coaching job there. Interestingly enough, with St. Mary's, a team I do believe BYU can beat because they match up well with them, is in a position to go to the NC2A tournament. I know. And, and maybe only win 21, 22, 23 games, where in the past three or four years they've been winning 27, 28, and can't get a sniff because they didn't have the schedule. Yeah, they actually played somebody this They played somebody. And, you know, and most of those teams they played, they lost to. But that, that's the whole idea. Go play those people, which BYU did too. And they improved their schedule. So, yeah, I do believe that BYU can beat St. Mary's. One thing about St. Mary's is they're really good at taking you out of what you want to do offensively. Uh, so I think it'll be a great matchup. I, I expect to see that matchup. Um, and it'll be a great basketball game. 
Good for St. Mary's to leave the state of California non-conference. Just, yes. just. Nice job, guys. <laughs> you did it. Let's talk about TJ Haas. Um, he's in a unique situation where he's the clear number two. I think when Joshir Hardnett got hurt, his game went up. He's a junior. It takes a minute sometimes. He was slided as not being on the first team. He's on the second team. It, you've coached a lot of players over the years. Some players use stuff. Other players don't for motivation. Could he perhaps use this as a motivator to say, I'm going to show you I'm first team out here? He could. I, I don't know that he will. Uh, I, I think he has a lot of confidence in himself, and he knows. And, and hey, every young man loves it to, to, to receive those accolades. And it may, it may be more important to their parents and grandparents. Okay, But he's a competitor. And I think every time he plays, he seems to have a chip on his shoulder and has something to prove. And that's that's why he's had such a good year this year. He's got so many different speeds. He has the ability to score so many multiple ways. And now he's become a better passer, and he's not as loose with the ball. And so, you know, the, the one thing that TJ will continue to work on is that there are really good guards in this league. And to stay in front and guard them and, and stay out of foul trouble. Because when he gets in foul trouble, then we don't have that. That, that BYU team does not have the ability to create points uh, when teams lock you up. And TJ has the ability with different speeds and different ways to pull up and shoot threes, get in the lane, little runners. He's got a variety of ways he scores. And perhaps that's the increased value of McKay Cannon where he's guarding the the Frankie Ferraris and the Jordan Fords of the league. He is, and it is. It takes a little bit of pressure off of TJ, and I think that uh, this team could really benefit from Cannon and Salius, Harding, and others stepping up and and contributing. We just watched two games last night. Did any of the the real besides Panero in the second half? I mean, it was the other guys. In, in that, that Pacific game, I mean, it, it was brutal. I've never heard of those people that scored and yeah. made baskets. And uh, it's, it's going to be someone else just beside. It has to be someone else besides Yoli and TJ. Who's going to step up? Who's going to make the play? Who's going to make a big three? Um, and, and there are a few candidates to do that. They just got to do that. Steve Cleveland, former standout at Clovis West and Irvine. Had the flowing locks to go with that uh, that California style. It was like it a really golden was. eagle, <laughs> as an anteater. Also, the head coach at BYU and Fresno State in his uh, very successful career. We pointed out earlier on the show that BYU had three double-figure scores in that five-point win against St. Mary's in Provo. Yoli Childs goes for 20-plus, T.J. Haas, 18, 17. And Gavin Baxter had kind of a breakout performance against the Gales with 10 points and five rebounds. What's a fair expectation for Gavin Baxter after he missed essentially a week being out sick, didn't play against San Diego, and he's not the heftiest guy. I mean, if he's sick, he loses a little bit of weight, and he's kind of going to have a tough time transitioning back in. What can we expect from him? I think in the first five minutes he's going to find out real quickly because there will be a lot of energy. And and he's gonna he's gonna have the desire. He's gonna be motivated. He's gonna play hard and do those things. It's how long he can sustain it, mm. and 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 that staying power when you've been sick. So I would suspect that they'll bring him in for short periods of time early, let him breathe, keep a lot of liquids in him, and then put himself in a situation where he can contribute because they can really really use him. Listen, we're we're, we're kind of jumping ahead to to St. Mary's, but the fact is, San Diego and Santa Clara. Uh, those are those are games that uh, they're not going to be easy. And we watched San Diego last night, the second half. They look really good. Though I don't believe San Diego, after playing three games, or playing that third game, can beat BYU. I don't. It's just too difficult. Santa Clara, let's not forget, was down two with a minute 47 in Provo, had a chance to win that game there. It was a long time ago 
But Santa Clara is a sneaky good team, and they're going to be prepared. It will not surprise me if Santa Clara beats San Diego just because they're rested and they've improved and gotten better. Yeah, they're playing better basketball. They're playing better basketball. Let's talk about Gonzaga. Number one team in the country, won the league by five games. Um, Is this a good thing for the West Coast Conference? We both agree, but it's tough for all the other teams. Uh, in the league to kind of deal with that. So it's it's a give-or-take situation. It, it is a give-and-take. I mean, everybody knows the teams in the WCC because Gonzaga is there, you know, and I think that there is a lot of attention. I think what's happened this year in the conference, which I really like, is everybody's improved their schedules. And I do believe that this can be a two-bid league if we improve the schedule. We've seen that with St. Mary's. If St. Mary's gets to the finals, they're knocking on the door of the NCAA tournament where they couldn't even get near the door, winning 28 games and playing, like you said, nobody out of the state of California. But uh, I think it's a really positive thing. I think it's elevated. Is the league not better this year? It is. Talent, and I want to ask this question, too. Does it matter if the league was better if they only get one bid in? No. In short term, no. Long term, yes. You think and, that that will lead to more bids uh, yeah, in the I future? Yeah, I do, I do believe it will. And I think Gonzaga brings so much recognition to this league and the other teams. They're on, we're on TV. I mean, the WCC is on TV every week. You yeah, know, there's yeah a lot, ESPN it, contract. This is, yep. not, this is not the whack. It's not the big sky. Even the Mountain West doesn't get the TV exposure that, that, that the WCC gets because of Gonzaga. One reason BYU left, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, th- I think there are a lot of pluses. I mean, the negative is uh, it's really hard to win a championship in this league. But it does, it does make teams better. And, and you play to win championships, and but I, you know there are other conferences. I just kind kind of think about how the UConn, how the Connecticut women feel, how the teams in their league, you know. But it 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 brings everybody up. It brings everybody up, and uh, I think it's a real positive thing. And I because of how Gonzaga runs their program, and from coaches to administration and everything, it's hard not to root against them. Uh, it's it's not like they're the evil. They haven't done a lot to annoy. No, they haven't done a Saint lot. St. Mary's has done a lot more yeah, yeah, for BYU exactly, fans. Exactly, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. <laughs> the rivalry is there. Is there's a perception of being on the same level as opposed to Gonzaga where it's like, we know there's a separation. Yeah. We're trying to nip you a couple times. And they did. And BYU has done that. And they have, that. which and, is pretty incredible. And I, you know, and I, I would say the odds are pretty slim that someone's going to beat them in this tournament. But this is one year. And I, I do believe as this league gets better, that that will begin to happen and that Gonzaga will get beat by teams other than BYU or St. Mary's. Steve Cleveland called the Pepperdine comeback win over Pacific last night right here from uh, this very desk. He looked at me and said, Pepperdine's going to win this game. And I was like, oh, really? I wish he had said that at, on the air at halftime or something, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's always off the air when no one hears. That's crazy. <laughs> well, that's why i got to bring it up. Yeah, we're exactly. doing a halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't say anything until halftime or right after. <laughs> Coach, great to have you with us. Good to be with you. I look forward to uh, more from a very busy day here on yeah, a Friday at the Orleans fun. Arena. Okay, go take fun. a nap. We'll be Thank back you. later, right? Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joins us. He was on the Basketball Selection Committee. What does BYU need to do to get back in the March Madness mix in the future? Which BYU athlete are you buying stock in? More from all of you in Voice of the Nation next. This is BYU Sports Nation. So you look back at this hard time and thank God that this hard time happened that led us to this happy moment. On In Good Faith, it's our privilege to hear stories and accounts from believers told in their own words. Our hope is to listen with an open heart, celebrating the power of faith and belief and what those stories mean to the ones who tell them. From Egypt, Shireen Salah. 
In Good Faith is heard throughout our Sunday programming, and you can download all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The BYU women's basketball team is so good, they don't even play the first three rounds here. They play in the semifinals Monday at 5 Eastern on BYU TV or the app against Pepperdine, Pacific, or Santa Clara. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at your Friday BYUSN headlines. Scout night for number three seed BYU men's basketball. Yes, the troops will gather to watch Santa Clara and San Diego take on each other. First class. <laughs> but are you a life scout? I got my eagle thanks to some good leaders. And your mom? She helped, yeah. <laughs> More than the leaders, but yeah. The Cougars of BYU men's basketball will take on the winner of tonight's San Diego-Santa Clara game in the West Coast Conference Tournament quarterfinals, Saturday night, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. All West Coast Conference first-teamer Yoli Childs on how the Cougars are preparing for either of those teams. We're doing the same thing we've been doing all season, and let's try to focus on ourselves. You know, it doesn't matter who we play right now. It's all about us and how we can get better over these last couple days. I'm hoping for more yo-down throwdowns, as uh, verbalized by Greg Rebell from Yoli Childs. Number 16, BYU Gymnastics scored a 197 against number 11, Boise State, yesterday. Oh. First uh, time BYU scored a 197 since 2004. Shannon Evans dominated the meet, scoring a 39-575. That's a record for her in the all-around. Claimed that title as well as titles on the vault and floor. All she does is win, 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 Jerem. Mm-hmm. BYU baseball beats Milwaukee 11-8 in the series opener last night at Larry H. Miller Field. Jordan Wood pitched six and two-thirds innings, giving up no runs, striking out seven. I have that as excellent. Cougars also recorded a season-high 15 hits, including this DJ McNew homer. Now with two strikes, the infield's now coming in. You want to cut away that run. Uh-oh, and that'll do the that'll do the job. And maybe then some high and deep and gone. Out of here. BYU wins big. They host Milwaukee for a doubleheader today, we hope, in the snow. First pitch of game one set for 6 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to the doubleheader on BYU Radio. I've seen videos of Provo. I'm going to be surprised if they play yeah, at all. A, a game, yeah, yeah. They get an inning in for that matter. They'll, they'll try. They got that nice turf field, man. BYU softball beat Bob Morris for nothing in Long Beach State 11-6 yesterday in Long Beach, led by a 6-for-8, four-run day from Riley Jensen. Today the Cougars play Ohio 30 minutes after us in about an hour, and then Boston, and then tomorrow, UCLA. Ah, uh, yes. Has uh, any player besides Riley Jensen that has come on and received the BYU Sports Nation karma continued to perform at such a high level consistently? She might be a leader know. in the clubhouse in that conversation. She's good. I mean, Shannon Evans has also done some good things with that since she received the karma. Um, yeah. The manifestations Durr. are many. Our question of the day, which BYU athlete are you buying stock in right now and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Yes, it is. At TM Sherbel Answers on Twitter. Have you seen how Gavin Baxter looks when he jumps? It looks like he has to hold himself back in order to come back down to earth. I'll buy, I'll buy stock in him. He'll continue to progress and be great. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, his length is unique. Uh, BYU hasn't had a lot of players like him in their history. So hopefully he's feeling healthy. He missed San Diego game last week. Missed all, all the whole week of practice. Uh, he's been practicing this week. BYU doesn't play until tomorrow. Hopefully he's been able to uh, put a little more weight on. I say a little more, like five pounds or something. 
um, and have an impact out here. Dave Rose did tell us yesterday on the show that perhaps he may need to limit how long he plays at a time. 7-3 wingspan. You're right. When was the last time BYU like, had a guy with a 7-3 wingspan? Is it Sean Bradley Maybe. and then Gavin Baxter in terms Maybe. of length? right? Coming up, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo will join us live from the Orleans Arena and Studio V. Should football expectations be tempered based on schedules or no, Jerem? And what is the next step for BYU basketball to get back to the NCAAs? This is BYU Sports Nation. Sunday is different from all the other days. That's why we invite you to join us for This is Sunday. You'll hear enlightening stories, guidance for personal learning, and uplifting messages with music and the spoken word. Stories about the life of Christ from the New Testament and more. Join us this and every Sunday for This is Sunday on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The West Coast Conference Basketball Championships continue today on BYU TV at 3 Eastern time with LMU and San Francisco, followed by Pacific and Santa Clara on BYU TV or the app. I've got a question for all of you as we welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU athlete are you buying stock in right now? You want to buy low, sell high, get that return on investment? Who is it? At G Hansen 25 answers on Twitter. Zach Wilson, even though he's not practicing in spring football due to the injury recovery, he has the talent slash work ethic to lead this team to a good slash very good season. Hashtag BYUSN. I think we're all excited about the next three years with Zach Wilson because we've seen kind of where this could go, right? And when the ceiling's high, that creates a lot of excitement and hope. So here we go, sophomore year with him. We've got excitement here in Studio V because we've got the BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo with us in Las Vegas as part of our West Coast Conference Basketball Championships coverage. Tom, great to have you with us. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us a day after your birthday. Happy birthday yesterday. Belated, thank you. Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's always great to be in Las Vegas. Uh, When I was a kid in high school, we played in that. Our team from L.A. played in this uh, Christmas holiday tournament, and we'd come up here every year. So basketball in Vegas around – Tournament time's really great. How does it feel to be 40, Tom? <laughs> it, feels, it felt wonderful. <laughs> about 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, Let, let's talk about your life right now because you were on the uh, NCAA basketball committee the last several years. Now you're not. Um, how much more free time do you have? Slash, how much are you paying attention to all this? My because eyes, you were. My eyes are not bloodshot like they usually are <laughs> more this sleep. time of the year. A lot less um, games watched. But it's interesting. Uh, I, I rotated off last year after the Final Four, and I just kind of put it all aside. This basketball season started. I didn't go to all the stacks of um, analysis prior to the season, and then during the season I watched a few games, and I caught, found myself getting pulled in, so I resisted. And then last week I couldn't resist. I had to go to the bubble. You know, ESPN, <laughs> Lenardi, I had to look it all up and see where it is. And I'm glad I'm not on it this year because it looks like the bubble's thick. Oh, yeah, certainly so. So you're not uh, indulging in the team sheets currently? I, I will gaze at the team <laughs> sheets just to see and get a little bit of a feel for it. Okay, right now, in your opinion, if St. Mary's gets to – Tuesday night and plays against Gonzaga. Is this a two-bid West Coast Conference League? Based on how the room was last year, I'd say no. Um, I just say that because I I can see that the bubble last year was a little thinner, Mm -hmm. and 
St. Mary's are right in the thick of things. And this year, that bubble's a lot thicker. And so uh, just from reading what people are saying, it generally doesn't tra- change that much. I mean, they if they win the conference, they're in for sure. sure. But I, I just don't know. I can't really predict it. But based on last year, I'd say that. I think last year's St. Mary's team should have been in. But I think last year's St. Mary's team was better than this year's St. Mary's team. Sure. And this year's St. Mary's team is getting more talk. So who knows? Who's on that committee anyway? (laughs) (laughs) All your other friends on the committee are like, hey! Um, And that trends in a direction that perhaps is not uh, favorable towards a team like BYU. It seems like it's getting harder for outside the power six in basketball. You add another league there. To get in, do you feel like, okay, the the at-large bid ability is tougher than, say, it was a decade ago? Yes, I I think you'd have to say that. There's a few things that go into that because a lot of the at-large teams a decade ago are now P6 teams. Those were the teams that were in and now aren't. Um, I think the other thing is just the committee and college basketball in general, not necessarily mid-major fans, are looking to the um, schedule. It's who you win, where you play, who you can beat, and where you can beat them. Yeah. And the P6 teams, I say that because of, you know, say P5, which people understand, people don't understand. The Big East is like a P6. Those those teams have opportunities each and every week to get quad one or, you know, even a little bit beyond that. Where teams in this conference or the Mountain West Conference some uh, conferences like that, they just don't have the opportunity. And that's a discussion that's ongoing in that committee. Not this week, 365 days a year. And they got to have to figure that out because when the tournament time comes, there's so much discussion. But at the end of the tournament, when that tournament ended last year, we have meetings that go all the way through the summer. And you stay on the committee through that. And we talked and talked and talked about how we can make that better for all of college uh, basketball. Teams like BYU and St. Mary's went out and challenged themselves this year, particularly on the road to try and get more quad one opportunities. But they had to play those games majority on the road. So when the schedules get harder for a team like the Cougars or the Gales, when you look at it from an athletic director standpoint, how do you manage expectations or how should you manage expectations knowing that the schedule is harder? And this also applies to BYU football. Correct. I think it's – I like it. I like scheduling up. Most of our teams in at BYU, if you look at soccer, volleyball, a, a number of our sports, they schedule really tough because they know they're going to be in the tournament and they want to get great seeds. If if, you're, if your uh, intention is – just to sneak in, then it's somewhat strategic. If you want to go all the way or you want to go deep into that tournament, there's no strategy in it. You just schedule as high as you can because in order to go deep into a tournament, you have to have a good seed. When you look at, I call it Jimmer and Jackson's team, that team had a great seed and they went further than we have in a long time. Yeah, and we talked we talked about it a lot. And I mentioned, hey, you beat a fourteen, and then you got a you got an upset, so you beat an eleven. Like the path was boom, boom. You get it in the Sweet Sixteen. Let's talk about Gonzaga's role in this league. From the league's perspective, it's got to be great, right? You have the number one team in the country, but for the rest of the teams, it's to me, I'm burdened at the beginning of the season. Like, ah, it's going to be tough to win the league and to get into the NCAA tournament. How do you manage that? Because for the league, it's great, and it, you always have that 
opportunity to beat them, yet you've got to go through them to get to the NCAA tournament now. Well, you do have to go through them. There's no question about that. And for years and years, you have to turn the table. BYU, in many sports in the past and currently in some of our sports, it's the same thing. Our women's softball team has won 13 conference titles in a row. So it's a similar thing. That's where we want to be. And in order to be there, you got to beat them. Now, everyone knows that we've beaten Gonzaga a couple times, and it happens to be up there in, in Spokane. But it's rare to do that. And you got to do it and take care of business in the conference and have good non-conference in order to go you know, deep into the conference and into the NCAA tournament. It feels like BYU's schedule was good enough to perhaps get BYU into the NCAA tournament, but they just need a few more wins. Is that how you feel as a former committee member? Yeah, I do think that. I think we did. One of the things that's hard about you know non-P6 uh, conferences is you schedule these very strategically, and then the team that you think was going to be good turns out to not be so good. So you have very, very small room for error when you're scheduling as a mid you know, mid-major, where the the P6s, they don't really have to worry if they make some mistakes along the way. I think Gonzaga is a good example of they schedule up, and people say you can't get games. We can get games. Um, St. Mary's can get games. It's a matter, do you want to play them? And, yes, you're going to have to play them on the road. And I think that's what we do in football. Uh, in football, BYU, in order to play some of the real big boys, you either have to go two for one or go there and play a guarantee game. Or if you do get a home and home, you got to go there first on their terms. And you in September, often, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, now, and some of the fruits of that are returning uh, with the home schedule this year. It's been a long build for this, but you uh, you've got yourself in a position where you have difficult teams that. The majority of them are coming to Provo. Yeah, you better be careful what you wish for. It might come true. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Yep. Are we going to meet it? Yeah, let's go. Uh, I, I'm thrilled about it. I mean, there's there's some good games coming up down the road, too. But this is one of the years that you could see, oh, if we can get to this year, be healthy, have a little bit more depth, and we're going with some karma then things are going to be good. And are I'm you asking for the that. karma right now? Yeah, Is that what you're yeah, always asking for? Let's it. give it the BYU yes, Sports Nation karma then. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Take the karma and run with that, yeah. baby. All right, I want to ask one more uh, football question, and then uh, I, I don't want to let you go before we talk about BYU women's basketball a little bit as well uh, as far as getting an at-large bid and where they stand. But when, when you schedule tougher – I know that the mark for Bronco Mendenhall and his teams was, hey, win 10 games, be ranked in the top 25, win a Mountain West Conference championship. It, the schedules are harder, just straight up. There are more powerful teams coming down. So how does that expectation shift in your mind? Well, it it is difficult because you don't have a conference championship to play for. That is one of the – if you're looking at pros and cons, that's one of the negatives about being an independent. So if you take, for example, our women's volleyball team, their, one of their major goals is to win the conference. If you win the conference, you're in the tournament. But they've kind of gotten beyond that the last couple of years because they're, what, six years in a row in the Sweet 16. Yeah, now let's get to the Sweet 16 so, at least. So you set those higher. Well, so same thing with now BYU football. You can't the, – the objective isn't to win the tournament. There is no conference championship. So you try to set goals as to be in the top 20 – and then from there, you try to beat the teams that you're not favored against. And, and then there's the objective to try to get into a higher bowl game. Obviously, if you can be ranked in the top Sweet 16, like our women's volleyball is, you're going to have an approach every once in a while to get to the Final Four, which we've done now two years. Sure. In the last, what, last six, six seasons. Six seasons yeah. Two times to the Final Four, which 
in football, it's hard to equate that to yeah. a tournament because there is none. But and, and that's one of the things is you could maybe people are saying sometimes say to me, hey, let's go back. Let's just go back to the days of winning championships. Then if you're going to do that, I don't think that you can say that you can um, regularly have a shot just because you win a championship down here. It's like almost like a mid-major. You win a championship, but you're a you know, 12, yeah. 11 seed. Right. Let's finish with women's hoops. They're the two seed. They wait until Monday. Uh, they're an at-large bid kind of team, according to ESPN's Charlie Cream. What do you think of the women's hoops' chances of making the tournament? I like them. I think they're good. Uh, this, this is the NCAA college basketball tournament. You never know until it is. People say, are they a lock? I would never use the L word. No way. <laughs> you just can't do that. But I think Do you the, lock me? <laughs> the way they've played, and I like the fact that they're, they're net, or it's RPI, I guess, because it's not net in the women's side, right. is not going to drop as a result of playing in this conference, which it has in the past years. And so the WCC get putting that, having them have a bye to the semis puts them against a really good team right off the bat. If they can win that, they go up, and then you're in the finals, and then I would say, looks good. Yeah, but you wouldn't use the L word. No. <laughs> Great Tell stuff. <laughs> oh, yes, the L word. A new L word. Honey, I lock you. Okay, uh, final thing here, Tom. Uh, we just like to remind you that there are exactly how many days until BYU plays Utah? Countdown to the Utes. 174. 174 days away. I was hoping you'd sing with us. I'm not really into the countdown yet. There's a few other things. I'm <laughs> We're into I, it every day, Tom. I look at it occasionally and am amused by the number. Uh, as am I when it's 200 plus I'm like what are we doing (laughs) but it's Utah so I love it I love it thanks Tom Tom. thanks so much appreciate it Tom coming up BYU Gymnastics does something they haven't done in 15 years ah yes and what about the number 22 ranked BYU men's tennis team where is their next opportunity to climb those rankings this is BYU Sports Nation Hi, I'm Sam Payne, host of The Appleseed, some time spent just about every day sharing stories and conversation with you and your family. We bring you terrific tales, and we'll chat with the folks who tell them. There's even the occasional Shakespearean sword fight thrown in for good measure. If it has to do with stories and the people who tell them, we'll be there. The Appleseed, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on BYU Radio. Shout out to today's guest, Steve Cleveland and Tom Homo. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ain't nobody got time for that. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 16th gymnastics. Ranked, 16th ranked BYU women's gymnastics scored a 197 high score in 15 years. They beat number 11 Boise State in Boise. Holy cow. Baseball. The Batcats beat Milwaukee 11-8 in game one of a four-game series at Miller Park. The Cougars had a season-high 15 hits. Today's doubleheader has been pushed back two hours to 6 Eastern. Softball. BYU beat Robert Morris 1-0. And Long Morris. Beach State 11-6 yesterday in Long Beach, led by a 6-for-8 four-run performance from Riley Jensen. Tennis. Number 22 men's tennis plays at Boise State today, 1 Eastern. The women's team is hosting Utah State as we speak. Volleyball. 10th ranked BYU hosts number three UC Irvine tonight, Saturday night, 9 Eastern for both matches. The Cougars have an 8-5 overall record. Golf. Peter Quest for perfection honors continue as he is the West Coast Conference golfer of the month for a third time this season. Today's rise and shout out for me, Jerem, goes to Mark Durant for calling his own retro highlights. Let's take a listen and look. Who's that handsome guy with all that hair? Get him the rock. He's used to three. Money. Look out, (laughs) T.J. Haas. Mark Durant. 
Fix right, goes left, twisting, driving, Lance scores it. <laughs> oh, man, that was from BYU alumni. Alumni. That was great. That was great. Mine goes to DJ oh, McNew. So that's good. someone's actual name. He plays on the baseball team, and he hit a homer last night. You can also find him spinning sick beats at the Glen oh. Hood on Friday nights. DJ McNew. An absolute bomb. Give me the remix, DJ, today against Milwaukee. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Which player are you buying stock in right now at BYU? Paisley Johnson says Dallas underscore Pete on Instagram. Not only a great player and going to get better, but her marketing skills are off the charts. Got the YouTube channel. My daughter's buying everything Paisley mentions in her blogs and videos. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to McKelly Wesley.